Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Because I know a bunch of people that have the side hustle thing going that they're trying to build because they want it to be their thing. They want to be able to leave the corporate world and they want to have this other thing that they're doing, but they're trying to build it up so they can make that transition and not have that, uh, I can't provide for my family thing going on in the back of their head. What, what do you say to those people? We're often in situations where we have to have some tough business conversations. And I would say, you know, Kevin and I've done this well um, over the last almost five years working together of having some tough conversations. But I think there's there's a lot of head trash that pops up because of these stories we tell ourselves about what they're going to say, how they're going to respond. And I think we build up a lot of these perceived thought processes or these perceived reactions of how they're going to do things. And I think that carries out through a lot of things and how we show up in life. I ask people what they feel and they say, I feel like I'm on autopilot, man. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm doing good work, but I'm on autopilot. I don't have any control. Somebody's controlling me. My calendar, I look at my calendar on a Monday morning and I don't have any time to even take a piss until Friday. My, my calendar's full. I don't have any balance. Um, uh, I've, I'm unhappy. I feel lost in some days. I feel guilty. I'm annoyed, caged, alone. I feel discontented, angry, stale, lost, stuck. Uh, I feel lifeless. And I feel like if I, I've got too much to lose to rock the boat here. I can't rock the boat right now. That's That would be irresponsible. Those are the things I feel. So I remember sitting in my truck, looking at my rearview mirror, going, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're literally somebody else's freaking retirement plan. Let me tell you, our guest today, freaking the first time I sat down with this dude, I was freaking blown away. But not only his story, but the things he's doing to impact the lives of others who have found success in their freaking life and have gotten to a point of life where they're not sure if what they're doing is the thing that they should continue to be doing or should they go chase a life that they're actually going to enjoy. So I'm bringing on Lon today, dude. And I'm going to tell you, this cat is freaking insane. Lon, here's the thing. So many motherfuckers are in this life going through it and they're like, what should I do next on my journey? How does somebody make what you call the trade? Well, the trade is the result. That's the end game. 
that's that's what gets them out of the grind and the misery and all the things they're going they're going through. The trade is how it ends, but it's not how it starts. It starts in a very different place. It starts with the realization that you've kind of given up. You've given up all the control that you used to have in your life. You've lost the joy that you used to have in the job that you've got. You've chased, climbed, clawed, scratched, stolen. Well, maybe you didn't steal. But my point is, <laughs> you did all the things to get exactly where you are. You've, you've checked all the boxes. You've done all the things. You've done all the travel. You've made all the dollars. You bought the house. You took the trips. You did all the things. And you got exactly to where you wanted to be 10 years ago. This is exactly where you wanted to be. And you get there and you're like, I don't. I guess I thought it would be a little bit different than this. I thought it would be better than this, but now what do I do? I can't leave. I can't give up everything I've got. I can't undo the thing I've become. I can't knock down one of the walls of these, this box and go take a bet on myself. I'm locked in. I've got bills to pay. I've got, I've got all these things I've got to do that I'm responsible for. My contract that I believe in my head that I signed that doesn't really exist is I'm the provider and Mm. I can't take a bet on myself. I've got to provide. So, that's where it all starts. That starts with this feeling. It starts with this change you don't want to talk about, this change you don't share with anyone else, and this change that you feel guilty for having because you've got so much. And that you go through this process and you, you think, okay, I'll do it next year. One more bonus, one more set of options, one more, one more, one more. And you one more yourself into three or four years of misery. And then finally you, you get to this place where I've got to do something. And then you go through this process that eventually gives you the courage. And that's really what you need. You don't need confidence. Confidence doesn't come first. Courage does. You get the courage to finally explore something else. You don't quit. You get the courage to finally lean into something else. And that leads to the trade. So, so man, I, I, I know my story in my journey, man. When I sat in that truck and I, I was literally second guessing everything that I'd done with my life. You know, um, I'd found some great success, picked a partner in a company, and, you know, and, and life, in some sense, I was living that really successful life. And there was a big part of me that was fucking miserable. You know, I was, I was burnt out on work. You know, I constantly had this idea that there had to be something bigger here. There had to be another play, something more I wanted to do. I wanted to spend more time with my wife, you know, and work the farm more and, and do these things. But to your point, I was trapped in a financial situation where I'd brought in all the money was the breadwinner, right? You know, with everything. And, and to do this, my family, me and my wife were going to have to take some massive sacrifices. And it was a scary damn endeavor to think about, I'm going to cut all ties. I'm going to cut all revenue coming in, all income coming in and go chase my own dream. I love the fact that you say courage comes first because I, I, I agree with you. What is the story that people have to tell themselves to find that moment of courage? Because it's a huge mental swing. Hey, Donnie Bovin here, CEO of Success Champions Networking, and I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. 
It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. Is it, a, but you know, and I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Is it a story they have to tell you or is it an event that triggers the mind shift? So for you, Donnie, yeah, it was example, definitely, an event. it was, it was an event where your partner said, Hey, I'm so glad I have you. You're my retirement plan. And that was the event that made you say, fuck this. I, why am I making him rich? I, I need to go do my own thing. So I don't know if it's a story that they tell themselves because that makes it sound like it's a long-term thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if it be... has to be an event. I mean, it was for me, but I don't think it's an event for everybody. I'll, I'll give you my take. And I've, I've, I've hosted about 300 calls in the last year. I've dedicated my life to understanding what is this feeling? What is this shit feeling that we've all got after we've got so much? And I've, I've decided that it comes down to about, um, six D's that you go through that's going to shock yourself into doing something. One, you can have a death near you. You can have a death mm. near you that'll shock some perspective into how you're thinking about things. Right. Two, you can have a diagnosis of illness. yourself yep. or yep. someone else. There's an illness that shocks you into it. You can teeter on a divorce. You can, mm. you can come home one day and it's like, hey, we got to talk. This is some yep. shit. That will wake your ass up. Um, the next one is a downsizing. And there's a couple different downsizings. There's one where you get laid off, you get canned. Um, or there's one where you realize the number of the heads in your house are downsizing for your whole life to this point, the number of heads in your house are going up, your family are growing. All of a sudden you send someone off to a college and your perspective of the world, this downsizing of mm. your home changes it. Um, and that's a, that's a, a really super important one. Another one is drinking. You can drink too much. It can be Tuesday night, nine 30. You put your last child to bed. Your wife goes into the bedroom and you go sit on a couch and watch some numbing, mind numbing TV. And you have three or four drinks by yourself on the couch. And eventually, if you do that long enough, that's going to lead to a diagnosis, a death, a disaster. It's going to lead to the rest of the shit. It's the precursor. And the last one and the hardest one, the absolute hardest one that I try to punch people into is to fucking decide. You can decide. Once you – and here's the, here's the thing you go through. Sounds easy. Yeah, just decide. Well, you've got to accept you've got that control. You've got to accept that you've got the ability. You've got to accept the job you've got is in your control. Nobody's making you be there. Yeah, Nobody. But, but, Nobody's but, making you be there. And I know what you're going to say. And we're going to go there. We're going to we're going to attack <laughs> it. But because it's hard doesn't mean you don't get to decide it. It means you got to prepare for what you're going to do to change it. And you can decide. There is a process to decide. And then you get your life back. But it's not free. I tell everyone, there's a reason I, what I, I'm writing a book called The Trade, and there's a reason it's a trade, because it's not fucking free. It's hard. I hear all the words you said. I know the moment that I decided, to your point, that I was going to jump, right, and launch my company. It wasn't till 15 days later when I actually had walked away from the company, turned in my keys, turned in all my stuff, that I drove home freaking the fuck out, right? Because I made the leap, I'm gone. It was at that moment I finally told my wife what I was doing. The reason being, I wasn't scared she wouldn't tell me to do it. 
I was scared to death that she was going to say, you got this. Right. I think people put so much pressure on the beliefs of the people around them without actually having the conversation of what they think about this, this trade, this decision they're trying to make for some sort of fear around it. So it's not only a decision to make the leap, it's having faith in those people around you that they're going to be part of the team. They're going to be all in and they want to do this journey with you. So you're not only dealing with your own head trash, you're dealing with the whole perceived head trash of everybody else. You agree with that? Oh, totally. One, 100%. You know, it's, we all tell us, we all tell ourselves this bullshit story in our mind. And it's the reason we stay along longer than we should. But here, here um, one of the things I ask almost every, like I said, I've had about 300 phone calls with people who just find me on the internet. And I say, yes, we just get on a call. We call them a ramble. I think that's how you and I met Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was just on a, a ramble on, on a whim. And you and I clicked immediately because we're wired the same. Yep. And, um, I tell, I tell everybody in the podcast, excuse me, on a ramble, at some point I get to this point, I'm like, so tell me what your wife wants for you. <laughs> and they answer the question like this. She wants, um, she wants me to be happy. She wants me to be feel fulfilled. She wants me to do this, but she likes, but she likes, she doesn't work anymore. She's home with the kids. She likes to do all these things. Um, and you know, we've got, she likes nice vacations and we just got a new car and, uh, and so, you know, Dude, that would have like, been my response. That would a hundred percent have been my response. Everybody, everybody, but they answered the wrong question. Yep. They answered the question. What does your wife want from you? So I let them go all the way through that. And I hear the same words from, a, from 300 different people. I've heard the same sentences and then I say, okay, that's great. But what does she want for you? Because what I'm hearing you say, what she wants for you is to put up with this bullshit job that you don't like anymore on a path you don't want to be on chasing somebody else's dreams that aren't yours so that she can have a BMW. I don't think that's fucking true. You just haven't <laughs> asked her. You haven't had the awkward conversation. You haven't done that work. This is what you're going to do between when we talk today and next time, client or random person from the internet, ask your wife, what does she want for you? And what, how does she feel when you tell her that the job you're in and the path you're on isn't how it needs to end for you? And you have a new journey that you want to do. How Now you don't have this adversary, this bullshit adversary in your head. You have a partner and a conversation who feels what you're feeling. Man, you change in that moment. And you actually have the ability to go take something on that you didn't in the hours before that. That is the awkward conversation that is rewriting the marital contract that didn't ever really exist. But you have it in your head that you're the provider. And that's what you got to do, damn it. And it changes everything. You know. The funny thing is, we, as a society, hell, I'll just use my story. I worked harder on my business than I did my marriage, right? I worked harder for other people than I did my own wife, my own family, right? In the whole nine yards because I had to provide. So asking somebody to go have that conversation, which I fucking agree with, is a big ask, for a lot of people because they've never talked to their spouse that way. You know, they've never walked up to their spouse and said, Hey, what do you really want out of life? And that's a fault of a lot of marriages was mine, you know, uh, along the way. What if they've never done that? 
What if they've never had that type of conversation? How do they start that? I mean, what do they say to their spouse when they're contemplating something like this? Yep. Great question. Um, and I, I kind of walk people through a visualization. Hey, let's talk about this. Let's assume you don't have this conversation. And, um, and because guys, let's, let's level set. I would imagine that everybody's listening. Everybody who hears our voice coming through their head is a dude who's, who's, a, who's a high achiever or a person. I shouldn't I use dude interchangeably gen, from a gender standpoint, but is a, is a person who's a high achiever and we're problem solvers. So the last thing that we want to do is have a conversation with our spouse that's introducing a problem. Mm. I'm introducing to the relationship that I'm not happy. Can you help me solve my problem? That's not what we do. When, and in fact, my wife will bring a problem to me. And before she's done with a sentence, I'm already feeling my anxiety pick up because I want to leap through. And how are we going to fix this, solve this? That's not what she wants. She doesn't want me to solve it. She wants me to hear it. And, and so we're wired to want to, to want to, to want to solve, solve this, this problem. So, so how do we, first you have to give yourself permission to go into this conversation, knowing that you're going to kind it's, it's going to be a vulnerable conversation. And I tell people all the time, it will be more awkward to tell your wife how you feel than it will be to go ask your boss for a raise. It is, you will in your mind say, here's what I'm going to do it. Here's the night here. We've got it, this long drive. I'm going to bring it up. And every mile marker that goes by, you'll talk yourself out of doing it. Cause it's hard. It is hard. Okay, yeah. fine. I, you know, uh, the awkward conversation. I, I, uh, um, I've got a whole chapter in the book about the awkward conversation, but it's real. And you've got to, you've got to march into those things. So how do you do it? You simply say, Hey, I want to talk to you about where our life is going over the course of the next five years, because you know, I'm, there's no nine one one, there's no emergency, but I'm just not as happy as I used to be. And I want to share, I want to share with you some of the things I'm thinking and by the way, get this, honey, I'd love to know what your dreams are for five years from now. I ask, a, I ask that a question in the ramble. What's your wife's dreams for five years from now? Most dudes don't know. And they're embarrassed because they've never asked. They don't know. I was that guy. I mean, I, I'm not being critical. How do I know this? I've lived it. I've yeah. made these mistakes. These, spoiler alert. Uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I've been there. So once you know what your wife's dreams are. Once she knows you're not happy with where you're at, you can work together on where it is you're going. And it ends up being a beautiful conversation that doesn't happen once. It happens regularly. Mm, love that. You know, I, th so much of this correlates to, to business as well. I mean, you know, Kevin and I as business partners working on a lot of things. I mean, we're, we're often in situations where we have to have some tough business conversations. And I would say, you know, Kevin and I have done this well um, over the last almost five years working together of having some tough conversations. But I think there's, there's a lot of head trash that pops up because of these stories we tell ourselves about what they're going to say, how they're going to respond. And I think we build up a lot of these perceived thought processes or these perceived reactions of how they're going to do things. And I think that carries out through a lot of things and how we show up in life. So when somebody is spent so much time building a story up in their head that may or may not be true, you know, is it a, just simply a matter of having the conversation? Is it rethinking the story they're telling themselves? Is it challenging their own thought process? What do they have to do internally to shift to be able to have those tougher conversations? 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that sounds really easy, but we're all leaders. We're problem solvers. And chances are, if this, if this podcast is still resonating with you, you're, you're living this, you, you're probably even leaning in, you're turning it up. It's like, what the fuck do I do about this? And the answer is astonishingly simple. Just fucking talk to them. Go just, you've got to, you've got to carve out the time. You got to carve out the time. So uh, the conversation with your spouse, the conversation needs to be alone. It needs to be just the two of you. And it needs to be at a time and a place where you can't be interrupted. Have a date night, go on a drive, do whatever. But, um, but have this basic opening in place and walk into it, walk into the conversation. Um, and, and the other thing I'll say is don't overthink it. Don't, because if, if you put this out there three weeks and you, you start to write down the questions, I, I think you're overthinking it. I think the simple, what you have to get across is I care about what you're thinking, honey. I care about where you're going. I'm curious about what, how aligned our dreams are for three, uh, three, five, and 10 years from now. And I want to convey to you how I'm feeling about where I am. That's it. Don't overthink this. Like, don't, don't make it bigger than it is. And we, we do that. We are going to assume that we're going to freak them out in some way. And here's what's going to happen. I promise you. When you get done with the conversation, or during the conversation, your wife, I keep, I'm talking about me. My wife asked me, um, how long have you been feeling this way? And I'm like, well, a couple of years. And she's like, why didn't you did it? Why, why did why'd you wait so long to tell me? They, and the other thing I'll say is, you know, so I was like, ah, you know, I just, I didn't know. I didn't want to worry you. And she's like, the other thing she said is, I've known this for two years. I just didn't know when you wanted to talk about it. If you think for a second that your wife doesn't know that you're an asshole, that you come home grumpy, <laughs> that you're distant, that you're working on vacation, that you're not really present when they're around, that you, you escape to work out to, you know, for a myriad of reasons that it's, it's all part of a work related problem you've got. You're crazy. They know it. They know it. And they're waiting for you to finally have the courage to talk to them about how you're feeling. It will not be a surprise. Yeah. A hundred percent agree with that. Cause it, I swear my wife knows me better than I know her, <laughs> you know? Uh, and there's, there's oftentimes where I will say something and she'll look right at me and be like, and you know, or you telling me that like, I, I it's a secret of some sort or, or the likes, it's always funny how well, you know, they, they really do know us, you know? So let's say they've had a conversation, right? And now they've got to go back and have the second conversation, which is now with the company, right? They're decide they're going to make this leap. They're going to launch and go, leave whatever and chase a different dream or a different life more likely, you know, what happens next? Do we do, you know, I mean, for me, I scheduled a meeting with my business partner at that point and said, Hey, tomorrow afternoon, can we talk? And his text reply was three dots. And he said, that was a very short ask. Should I be concerned? Right. And that's how, you know, I set the stage that I was going to tell him that I was going to turn down buying the company and everything and leave it all behind. What do most people have to do in that moment when they decided to make the leap? Yeah. So there's, there's this period of time typically between 
getting on the same page with your team, which is the people you share a house with, and figuring out what you want to do. And I've got so many people, um, like I said, going back to these rambles, 300 people in the last year, they come to me and they're like, Hey dude, you're in my head. You're, you're, I, I relate to everything you're saying. I'm, I'm miserable. I'm, I feel like I'm on autopilot. I'm frustrated. I feel controlled. I'm unhappy. I'm lost. I'm all of these things you talk about and I'm willing to trade it. I am willing to give this up, man. Just like you, Donnie, you are willing to give up buying this company. The problem is everybody who calls me and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. By the way, these are, these are medical doctors. These are people in the medical profession. These are attorneys. These are, these are accountants who are partnered and, and these are professors who are tenured. It's usually the people who've had to grind and dedicate their entire life mm -hmm. to one thing who find me. And they're like, I've done it, but I don't know what I'm going to trade it for. I'm willing to mm -hmm. trade, dude. I promise you I'm willing. I just have no idea what I'm going to trade it on. So they come to me. My role in this process is to wake them up that they've got control and to let's figure this out, baby. Let's figure this out. And there's a process we go through to figure it out before you get to the ultimate, okay, let's go tell your boss. Now, everybody does it different. Donnie, you, you went in and said, I've decided this isn't for me. I'm out. That's how you're wired. You're yeah, like, 15 days I'm later, out. I was out, That's right. right? That's right. And there are people, I actually have, you can book a call with me. It's called, I quit, now what? And, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what happens. That would have been you. I, I quit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, that felt great for a couple of weeks. Now it feels like my vacation's over. Shit. Right. Now what? The process is the same. It's just the anxiety is a little tighter because you don't have the W-2 anymore. But the process is the same. So we walk through this process. Look, you got to, one of the things that happens on your journey is you forget to dream. You forget what you used to want to do and who you used to want to be and who you used to love to help. You forget because you're so goddamn busy wondering about the report you've got to do this month, excuse me, this maybe later today, the meeting you got to run tomorrow and the expectation of your board of director and your boss next week. You're so busy worried about that, that you forgot that you wanted to play guitar. You forgot that you really enjoyed working for this charity. You forgot all of these things that you used to want to do and that you used to love to spend time doing because you haven't had time. So what do you do? You got to start exploring that man. That's step one. And you can start that today. I tell people, what's one thing you used to love to do? Go do it. You still love to play guitar? Buy one. It's 90 bucks at a pawn shop. Go buy one and see if you still love it. If you don't, you can sell it back to the pawn shop for 70 bucks. Cost you 20 bucks, man. But it's exploring. And then you got to learn, you got to invest, you got to spend some money. You got to, you know, do the things like hire a coach, hire somebody who's been through it, spend some money to figure it out. And then you got to test your thesis. And this is a long way of saying before, if in an ideal world, most people want to have some clarity on what's next uh, before they, before they jump out of the airplane. And I get that. Um, and then you test your thesis. I want, I believe that I want to start my own company that inspires people to live the life that they want to live and make the hard decisions and the hard trades along the way, improve relationships with their home. And maybe just maybe over the course of the rest of their lives, I will have made an impact on them. That's my mission. That's what inspires me. And the more I did that and the more I leaned into that, not caring about how I was going to make money at it yet, just does it make me feel really fucking good. That became the courage that formed the courage that we talked about off the bat to say, all right, I'm ready. It's not going to be easy. Still, I still, am not going to replace my income, but now I've got the courage to lean into this because it feels right. And I'm good at it. You know, come on, Kevin, come on. So Donnie has a very specific personality where he makes big moves and he just, you know, decides to do things and goes and does, goes and does them, goes and does them. Um, 
but not everyone's like that. So what about the people who decided to make that change? But their next move is I want to, I'm going to start this thing on the side. How does that fit into this, this journey? Or even the, the methodical thinker, right? The one that wants everything to be perfect before they do that leap. Yeah, because I know a bunch of people that have the side hustle thing going that they're trying to build because they want it to be their thing. They want to be able to leave the corporate world and they want to have this other thing that they're doing, but they're trying to build it up so they can make that transition and not have that, uh, I can't provide for my family thing going on in the back of their head. What, what do you say to those people? Look, everybody's wired a little bit differently. And I know, I know when, when within the first five minutes of a conversation, who I'm, what kind of personality I'm dealing with. And you, I mean, stereotypically speaking, you know, if you're talking to a public company, a partner in a public company, uh, a public accounting firm, excuse me, you know, the type of person you're talking to, and you, you know, that they're going to want to have a lot of the answers before they, they go and jump. Great. That there's nothing wrong with that. And then you talk to other people who have built a lifetime of success on the back of being a phenomenal relationship person who's great at sales. And they tend to be more of the, I'll figure this out. I don't need you to help me figure it out. I'll figure this out. And, and they'll, they'll be a little bit more impulsive with how they move. But the process is the same. The process that I just talked about, explore what you want to do, learn and invest. You got to spend some time and money and then test the shit out of it before you deploy. If you can do that, the, the, the process is the same. But I want to say- Would you agree thing. that the timeline just may be different? The timeline is different for everyone. But here's, here's the really fascinating thing. When what people really want, what they don't realize they're buying from a dude like me and, and dudes like you probably, by the time they get to you, they're, they're, hopefully it's a little bit more refined. But yep. what they're buying from me, I'm upstream from you. They come through me to get to you. You guys take them to the next level. I just jog them out of the fucking rut they're in. And, um, and by the time they get to me, we have to spend a lot of time recreating their dreams and who they are and where they're going. And so, um, um, and that's a, it's a, it's a awesome process, but in the moment that they realize that the things we've been talking about for the last month or months is possible, maybe somebody will hire them. That first dollar of income that they get from a single LinkedIn post, even if it's 10 bucks is all of a sudden this awakening of, you mean this it really is possible? A $10 sale is possible. And it, it, and it totally changes how, how they view things. So that's number one. But the other thing, I, I, and this is really important. Everybody assumes, everybody, there again, I want to go back to the exact person who's listening to this. And if they're still listening, this is mattering to them. They're at a different, they're, they're at a unique place. And they're assuming to themselves that it was easier for me. They're listening to my mm. voice. They're hearing my story. And they're like, yeah, but Lon, it was easier for you. Yeah, Donnie, Kevin, <laughs> it was easier for you. It was easier for, because you had, you had run a business before. Lon, it was easier for, for you because you were, you were making money when you left. Lon, it was easier for you. And, and as I talk to people on both ends of the spectrum, I talk to people who literally have, a, have income every year that has two commas in it. Every day I talk to them. And I talk to people who, who barely make over 35 or 40,000 a year. And the interesting thing, when I talk to the person who's making, let's say, $45,000 a year, they look at the guy who's making $500,000 a year and say, it's easier for that guy. 
it's easier for him because he's made money. He's got money. He's got options. It's harder for me. And then when I talk to the guy who's making $500,000 a year, he looks at the, at the individual who's making 40,000. Yeah, it's easier for him. He doesn't have to walk away from this office. He doesn't have to walk away from this income. His, his drop to zero is easier than mine. I've got to go to zero from 500. He goes to zero from 40. My point is this, wherever you are, whatever you're thinking, you assume it's easier for everyone else who's done it before you. And it's fucking wrong. It's going to be hard for them and it's going to be hard for you. And, that, and, and that's just how it's going to be. It's just that they've had the balls to do it and you haven't yet. To make this trade requires two things, balls and a budget. And technically you have more of one than the other. And, uh, <laughs> and you've got to just, you've, you've got to go do it. I, there's two, there's two stories that are told in the mainstream world about business ownership one go start a business that's awesome it solves all your problems and it's going to be easy and that's what the, uh, we have a ton of entrepreneurs that went in it's like this is really hard yeah this is really hard but then the other story that it's that's pushed is that you know well the only people who get to start businesses and are successful had a you know they they had a trust fund they got money from their parents. They, they, you know, normal people can't start businesses. There's no real authentic story about what business ownership is and how entrepreneurship works. That's being presented by the bulk of people that are out in the world right now. And I think it's really disheartening for people like us who have done this, who understands like, all right, you don't have to have a trust fund to start a business. None of our businesses were trust fund, uh, silver spoon businesses. But it's also not going to solve all your problems. It's going to create a whole bunch of new problems, but they're good problems to have. And I, I think people go into this business ownership thing and start having this discussion in the, either internally with their head or with their, their family or whoever, not actually understanding what it is and and the process of what they're about to undertake and, and really what it means to start this type of journey. Yeah, I, I really love that train of thought because, you know, what most people don't understand that the power of actually building a business has nothing to do with wealth. It has everything to do with meeting the dude in the mirror, because I can promise you there's no better vehicle on this planet than building a business to figure out what you're truly freaking made of and to actually figure out what truly drives and energizes you. Because look, as you build a business, you're going to go through some of the toughest shit you've ever done in your life. And, and everything up prior to it is going to be a cakewalk to compared to what it takes to really build a successful company from the ground up. And it's a lot of damn work. And I'm not saying it's the hustle and grind work. I'm saying it's a lot of work to learn. Like you're a kid starting in elementary school, trying to graduate as a senior in high school type thing. You're at ground zero and have to build and go. The beauty behind that is you really get to meet yourself along the journey. I want to go back just a little bit on you, Lon, because you said this a couple of times now, and I want to dive in deeper to it, that a lot of these people don't know what their dreams are. They stop dreaming and those type of things. I have a firm belief that people just do not create enough experiences in their life. And that's the reason they don't know what the next move should be is because they haven't tried or tested or tasted enough different experiences to figure out what they should be doing. 
So, and I know you said go get the guitar and you can take it back, those type of things. But how do people outside of that create these experiences to help them figure out maybe what a company could be um, or what that next adventure could be? I mean, it may not even be starting a business. It may be, you know, they always wanted to, I don't know, be a branch hand or some shit, you know, something crazy. You know, how do they go create these experiences to figure out what that next journey should be? Um, it starts with getting some, form, I'm going to use the word clarity, but I don't mean it quite yet. It's the path to clarity, but it's getting some, some level of understanding on what it might be, you know, to give yourself the permission to dream. And it really, that's really what it takes. You got to create, you got to create an hour a week to, to dream about, take a walk and dream about what might this be? You're not going to have the answers. And if you, and, and that's kind of the trick, that's the trick of this thing. Because we've, we've been successful, we've achieved, we've made money, and, and we feel like we should have the answers. So when I ask people on a ramble, I ask, them, I ask them everyone the same question. How do you feel? Tell me what you're feeling. And the words they tell me, and I write them all down. And this is how I come up with content. I ask people what they feel, and they say, I feel like I'm on autopilot, man. I feel like you know, I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm doing good work, but I'm on autopilot. I don't have any control. Somebody's controlling me. My calendar, I look at my calendar on a Monday morning, and I don't have any time to even take a piss until Friday. My, my calendar is full. I don't have any balance. Um, uh, I, I'm unhappy. I feel lost in some days. I feel guilty. I'm annoyed, caged, alone. I feel discontented, angry, stale, lost, stuck. Uh, I feel lifeless. And I feel like if I, I've got too much to lose to rock the boat here. I can't rock the boat right now. That's, that would be irresponsible. Those are the things I feel. So then I follow that up with, okay, great. I understand that. Those are all my words too. But what do you want? What's the dream, man? And I hear everything back. One time I, I had a public company executive, super successful guy. And I said, all right, got that. What's the dream? And you know what his response was? What do you mean? <laughs> he asked me, what do I mean? Can I break down the question, what's your dream? And I'm like, okay, shit. This is, <laughs> this is, this is severe. And it kind of, it all goes, he didn't even know that his dream could be anything other than what it was supposed to be for the last 10 or 15 years that promoted this image. Keep in mind, the image is manufactured for other people. The thing that you want them to see, he manufactured that. And that's all he knew. He was a slave to this image of himself that he had created in the eyes of others. And you know, I actually re resonate with that. And here's why. I didn't know I could even start a company or, or be whatever you want to call an entrepreneur until I was 40 years old. You know, growing up in a blue collar family, you worked, you got a job, you worked for other people, you know, and that's what life. There was no entrepreneurs. There was no people building businesses around me. I didn't know it was a thing. I never thought about all the companies I worked for that originally some dude somewhere started that damn thing, right? Um, and so it wasn't a thought process and man, I just resonate with that statement of what do you mean the dream is because I struggled so bad with what do I want to be? Who, who do I want to be when I grow up? You know, I'm 46 now and I still feel like I'm a kid, right? Um, nobody tells you that the older you get, you still feel like a kid. You just have the body of an old person, you know, <laughs> but freaking, I, I, I think a lot of people though are in that spot because they haven't allowed themselves to experience. They haven't allowed themselves to dream and explore um, and out there. They don't 
even have a clue to start. It's like asking a high school kid, what are you going to be when you grow up? They don't know. They haven't experienced anything. They're fucking clueless at that point of what that next adventure holds. So only thing that they can do is go test, try, start something, think, you know, go experience that, that thing. There was a, a phrase you said in there. I want to talk about, you were talking about the, the executive saying they don't have work-life balance. I'm a firm believer that the only people that think they need a work-life balance are people who work for other people. And it's because they're always making this trade of, I've got to work for the company and do all this stuff, but I'm not spending time with my family. One of the beauties of being a business owner is the ability to create work-life integration, right? I'm betting, Lon, now that you're out doing this on your own, that your relationship with your wife and your family is a hundred times better than it ever was when you work for other people because now they're more involved in the things you're doing now and you're spending more time with them and you're taking vacations and things with them now, things you couldn't do as you were working in the executive world. True? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, we had to reschedule this podcast, Donnie, because on a, whim I, I decided, <laughs> on a whim, I decided, screw this, man. I'm, I'm taking the family to Florida and we're going to go lay on a beach for a week. And that's what we did. I didn't have to apologize to anybody. I apologized to you. And of course you said, dude, we'll rebook. Don't worry about it. And that's, yeah, that I'm a family happen. first guy all the time, man. Family yeah. first. Yeah. It's the beauty of building this. Absolutely. So let's let, and, and I totally agree with your, your sentiment. I, um, one of the things I tell people, so the premise of the, of the trade, the thing that I, I really preach on is yeah, the, the trade of course is to ultimately trade the life that you're no longer happy with for the life you want. But, but it's, it's way more than that. There's more mechanics and there's mindset shifts in there. And one of them is maybe you should take, what if you, what if you, and I'm talking to the, whoever is listening, and I want you to, to visualize this um, to the person listening somewhere you have on your, on your hard drive of your computer, a spreadsheet that you created that is your retirement spreadsheet. And on that spreadsheet are a bunch of numbers that are some version of here's my net worth today. Here's how much I make. Here's how much I invest every year. Here's how much I need to retire. And here's what I expect to get a return as a return on my net worth as a W-2 employee with 401k and all those things. And at this point, future date, in when I'm 58 or 63 or 71, whatever your spreadsheet says, I can retire. And at that point, I'll cash it in and then I'll draw down off of, of what I live on. And that's that's what my parents did. That's probably what my grandparents did. And it's what most people are taught to do who are in their 40s right now. And it doesn't have to be that way, but it's scary. Here's the trade. What if you took 10% of whatever your number is today? What a, today? And let's assume whatever. I don't need to give an example. People can do simple math. Take whatever your number is today that you get in savings. And if you took 10% of that and, it would, and you took it out of what you were going to spend in 15 or 20 years from now, take it out of retirement. Otherwise, you're borrowing from retirement. Fuck that. Take it out of your retirement account. Put it into a bet on me account, baby. My bet on me account. Now Love that's that. the name. It's not retirement account anymore. It's my holy shit. I'm going to do this. Pass or fail. Swing and miss and swing and crush it. My time, my way, my calendar, my life. Do it. And then you've got permission to use that money, use yourself, use your skills to create the life you want and avoid creating. But here's the trick. And you know this. Don't and, and avoid creating a crappy job for yourself. I've heard mm -hmm. you say it, Donnie, and it's easy to do. 
So you've got to, you, one of the things we coach to is that's great, but we're going to, you can, if you're a, if you're a public company accounting guy who does M and a, you can go be a consultant for companies who need an accountant to help them do M and a. Okay. That's fine. And you probably have a little bit more control over your calendar, but is that really just a shitty job for you? Yep. Or do you really want to go do something else? Do you really want to go get your pilot's license and be a charter pilot? Because it just sounds like that's something that's been a part of your dream for your whole life. And you can do that in a year and you can do that with probably 10% of your net worth. My point is, when you take money out of retirement, this thing that is taboo to touch, and you do it once, and you put it over in this other account, and it's your what I call a normal 40 account, it's your insurance policy against getting to old age and being pissed off that you didn't try. That's what it is. It's your insurance money to make sure that you've got a pool of money that you can live off of for a period of time and bet on you. You have this unique permission you're giving yourself to go create a job you want. Let me say one more thing in that, and, and, but it's going to reestablish your point. How do I know I'm not making a shitty job? I break my, I tell my clients, I'm going to give you eight blocks. You, you get eight blocks for your Monday through Friday. Everything you do has to fit into one of these eight blocks. Okay. So let me give you an example. Here's my eight blocks for my week on Mondays, every, my calendar, you can go out for the next 50 years of my life. Mondays are me days, whatever the hell I want to do. Nobody can book it. Nobody can. I have to give anyone permission or give myself permission to book anything on Mondays. Tuesday mornings, paid clients. Wednesday afternoons, free rambles. Same with Wednesday and Thursday. So there's so one block on Monday, my day, two blocks on Tuesday, two blocks on Wednesday, two blocks on Thursday. That means one block for Friday. And Friday is reserved for other bets. And for me, other bets are all the shit I want to learn about and invest in and be a silent partner on and mentor startups on. It's other bets. It's other things that maybe someday that's the shit I want to do. It's a whole day dedicated to fun, cool things called other bets. Those are my eight blocks. And every week I go into that. And if, and if you don't fit into one of those blocks, maybe you don't fit into who I'm becoming. Mm. You know, and it's, it creates this natural filter. And I get, like I said, eight blocks works. The weekends are yours. Weekends are always yours. Do whatever the hell you want to do. Um, but the eight blocks, man, when you take control over your calendar and your life like that, and you can do that, it almost is impossible to make a shitty job for yourself because and your time's too precious now. I freaking love that. You know, uh, one thing I found and discovered as I was building the company was I had to figure out what was the life I actually wanted to live? Because there was a point where I wanted to build this huge corporate empire, have tons of employees and all the things until uh, a guy by the name of Bob looked at me. He goes, what kind of business do you actually want? And as I started talking through it, I was like, shit, I don't want that lifestyle. I don't want the thousands of employees and the skyscrapers and all that. I like sitting here on the farm. And what I realized is the entire time I was building my company, I didn't have the structured blocks as you had, but I had already built the company to the level and success that we currently are based on the idea of I can wear pajama bottoms every day on a Zoom call, help as many people as I possibly can. You know, I don't work past four o'clock most times in the afternoon. Every Thursday at noon, we shut down the company. My wife and I go work the farm, spend some time together, you know, go lunch, all this. We don't work on the weekends hardly. I mean, every once in a while I do it because I enjoy doing this stuff. But we structured the business to be around the life we wanted to live versus 
be trying to recreate what I left in the first place. So, and it was a cool mental shift that I, I think a lot of people should spend some more time with is not only is what is it they want to do, but what's the life they want to live while they're doing it. I love your eight blocks because that really puts some kind of process and system to how they should do it. Um, and I, and I love having this whole extra account of money that they actually can do something and bet on themselves. Cause let's be honest, most people that get to retirement age, that that's what they were aiming at either die a few years later because there's nothing left for them to do, or they're so disappointed at that moment that they actually start trying to figure out what the journey should be. And that's 30 years later than they should have actually made started thinking and actually getting in the game. So, man, I tell you, Lon, this has been amazing. I know you have a book coming out. So tell them a little bit about the book. When is that coming out? Um, and, you know, where will they be able to look for it and get a copy of it? Yeah, man. So I've got a book coming out July 19th. That's my first book, man. Um, and I, you know, um, it's amazing. You know, I, t I tell people, don't underestimate how much your life can change in one year. And, and you kind of look at what you've got coming up this week and next week. And, and you think, man, it, 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 uh, it, it's hard to even comprehend, but my life has changed so dramatically in the last year that a year ago, I couldn't imagine being on the, on the brink of being, being an author. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I've, I've shared the book with 40 people and I just asked people, I don't know. People I do not know, people I don't hang out with, people I didn't go to college with, literally people I, in, in a lot of cases I hadn't talked to, they just love the normal 40. They love what I'm doing. They've been to normal40.com. They follow me on LinkedIn. And they're just impassioned about uh, either they're in it or they're passionate about helping people who are in it. And I had them read it. And the, the feedback I got was, was incredible. Um, but I want to say two things about the book. One, yeah, it's a, it's a business self-help book. And we're, and if you resonated with anything that, that we've talked about here, you're going to find it in there. But there's another element of it. And it's all the shit that happens around you that you're not aware of when you're too busy to see it. And it's personal family stuff. And it has to do with mental health, your own and your kids and how it can be slipping through your fingertips. And you're, you're going to be too busy to notice it if you're, if you're, if your head's down too long. And um, how some of these trades, some of these things you need to see are really important. So I just, I want to, I want to just alert the audience, anybody who's listening, they probably are around our age. They probably have kids around our age and kids get going through a lot. And if you're too goddamn busy to see it, you could have a very unfortunate day in front of you. So the book deals with that, what I went through and, and how uh, my wife and I continue to work through that with, with our family. But the book comes out July 19th. It's a book to help you. It's a book to give you a home when you're feeling these things and you're not sure on what the heck you're going to do about it. And you just want a community to talk to and you want a process to work through. That's what the book is. July 19th. It's called the trade. I'm super pumped. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Lon Strohshine, and I'll keep you, I'll keep a steady diet of stuff coming there as to when to find it. But one more thing I want to say, because a year ago I thought I had no business writing a book. I'm doing something stupid. I'm making a goal. And Donnie, you're an author. You, you get this. I'm making a goal to make the New York Times bestseller. And I've got no business with a goal like that. None. But I got the passion. I got the crazy thoughts that may, if not me, who? If not now, when? And if not on a first book, why on a third? Just go for it. So July 19th, game on. I'm going for the New York Times. And if I come up short, 
I'll never be glad I didn't try. Freaking love that dude. And uh, we're going to make some introductions to some other podcasters and we, we know and some relationships we have to help make that happen because um, I'm one of the 40 that's read the book. I left a review and a video review on it. Dude, it is a powerful fucking book and it's impressive. And I think uh, anybody who's thinking about potentially making the trade in their life, you'd be dumb not to go get this book and read it because it really takes you through the steps, takes you through Lon's story, which is pretty powerful. Um, and he shares straight from his own life experiences, man. It's fucking rad. So so we'll help pump this out there, bud, for you from our audiences, and we'll get some friends to come push this as well. Dude, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with us, man. It's I always love sitting down and talking to you. It's 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 always cool to see kind of us country boys come up and, you know, have done some big things in life and are going to continue to do some big things in life. You know, Kevin and I even did an episode on how much, you know, uh, running a farm correlates to running a business. And so um, it's always fun having you around. Guys, make sure you jump over to LinkedIn and go follow Lon. Uh, if you are not part of this normal 40 community, you need to get in there. The content he puts out and the stories he tells, they're truly pretty powerful, man. And the every time that I've done something with Lon, the people inside of Normal 40, I can't tell you, they reach out to me. They're sending me DMs telling me my story resonated with them. The dude's going to be doing some amazing things and impacting thousands of lives across the world. Go follow him. Go reach out. Spend some time with him. Take him up on one of those rambles, and you'll be blown away by how much his story, his journey, and the knowledge he has will impact you, change your life. Lon, thanks for doing this, brother. Absolutely. And Donnie, just for you, man, I love how you show up, boss. Every time I've talked to you, it's been consistent. I tell the story, you know, I spend my life now hitting join meeting. I, I, I'll be on my phone eight or 10 more times today, and I never know who I'm going to be connected with. But boss man, when I hit join meeting and you came into my world, it's been consistent. It's been powerful. It's been authentic. It's been real. And it's been fun. So thanks. Oh, thanks, dude. For coming in, man. Absolutely. Guys, I appreciate you. Love you, man. See you. Bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as success champions.